Welcome to another edition of the Gosha News Sports Podcast. I've already got Evan laughing. We just started two two seconds into the show. Because um, I was thinking about yesterday when we were driving to that to Fort Wayne to watch that game that we watched. Um, <laughs> we listened to a podcast, and the the beginning music was, you know, "Take on Me, Take Me On." You know that one song. That's the end. Of, that's the end of the song. That's the end of the show. It's just so good, though. I know. I, it'd, it'd be awesome to start. We're gonna our, have take on to me. Start our it's take on me. By take the way. on. Take on me, take me on. <laughs> that'd be that'd be like the greatest intro. Rich is not enjoying it. <laughs> and with that, welcome to the Go Should Do Sports Podcast. I forgot to hit the. I star. think you said that already, didn't you? Did I? I don't know. <laughs> And that's the that is this week's edition of the Go Should Do Sports Podcast. We're gonna wrap it up right there. No sports talk, just me trying to sing. Aha! Great music video, by the way, for that song. Great I bet music it is. Video. My rundown's not here. You never gave it to me. I did give you a rundown, man. You had it with the podcast questions because we did the questions with. Uh, we just wrapped up an interview with Rob Hunt from the Herald Bulletin, sports reporter down in Anderson. He covers Frankton High School who will be playing Fairfield in the 2A Girls Basketball Semi-State Championship Saturday. We will get to Fairfield and all of them near the end of the show before we throw it to our interview with Rob. So we have a little tease right there. Stay to the end of the show, and we'll have an interview with uh, Rob Franklin. Or not Rob Franklin. Rob Franklin shoots photos for the South Bend Tribune. But Rob, first. Rob Hunt is the one we interviewed. Yes. But first, we need to talk about what I know everyone's seen. Scott Van Pelt's, uh, you know, best, best thing, thing he saw, he saw yesterday on SportsCenter. Which was, uh, I'm not going to lie, when I woke up Monday morning on Valentine's Day, I, I knew I didn't have any uh, Valentine's Day related <laughs> plans. Um, so, you know, uh, tough, tough scene there. But I was like looking around, like, I don't want to sit in my, I don't want to sit in my apartment all day. You know, yeah, you do. You could have bought yourself some chocolates and no, ate in with yeah, your drink lizard. some wine, yeah, with your lizard. Uh huh. Yeah, real sad L- and depressing. Lampshade, yeah, she would have been great. I'm sure you and Callie would have had a beautiful evening together. Uh, you and your cat drinking wine and watching Manifest again or something. You know, I finished it. It's over. I, I'm still stuck on season two. Anyway, I was like, no, I don't want to sit in my apartment all day. And I looked around, and I saw that Purdue-Fort Wayne was playing a men's basketball game. And I was like, oh, that'd be fun to go to. Playing Cleveland State, who's uh, leading the Horizon League, and, you know, PFW's playing better. And I convinced you to join me, and uh, it ended up being the best game in college basketball all season. So, uh, Pretty close, probably. Go figure. You know, uh, Cleveland State went up 14 points in the second half. And I was like, Mr. this Le- game sucks. Mr. Leapack <laughs> was like, this game is... Stinks, <laughs> and uh, ended up being the best game. I would not use the word stink. Wouldn't do it. Well, I mean, it's we're trying to be a family friendly show here, bud. I think it's. A I don't want that little friendly. e next to our episode, you know, for explicit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It was That's probably, definitely explicit. It was explicit enough right they had to listen to me sing "Take on Me." You know what I mean? So that's a good one. Um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely because of me that the you know the game of the century <laughs> the game became all time great. The game of the year. <laughs> In college basketball, happened. So. P- PFW came back, won the game one hundred two to ninety eight in three overtimes. So many things happened at the end of the each like regulation overtime. Purdue came all the way back and led by six with two minutes left. Cleveland State comes back, ties it. They're actually they take the lead. Purdue 
ties it at 71. It's six seconds left in the game, and the Purdue coach calls a timeout when he doesn't have a timeout, so it's a technical foul. Cleveland State makes one or two free throws, then they get fouled, make two or two, so it's a three-point game. Cleveland State is favored by two in this game. That would have been an all-time bad beat to lose because the coach didn't know how many timeouts, didn't realize he had no timeouts. John Quee. John Quee, yeah, I don't remember. Shout out that guy, amazing hair. Um, hits a three from like 30 feet out, forces overtime. Then we go to the end of first overtime, and Purdue-Fort Wayne's got a free throw to take the lead, except they do a lane violation because they had to substitute, like, try to like substitute in and out, and they mess it up. Cleveland State then comes down, makes, gets fouled with a shot with one second left, and the guy short arms both free throw attempts, which was uh, unbelievable, like brutal. And then they go to a second overtime, and Cleveland State's down three with like 10 seconds left, and they bury a three to force a third overtime. And then Purdue finally, finally closes it out. Wins by four. Almost threw it away with one second left. They were only up two. They inbound the ball. They almost threw it away where there was a foul. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, what a game. All thousand people, maybe, that were there. <laughs> the really official, got a great the, game. It says the official attendance on the ESPN app said 1,000, like 200. I don't know if there were even 600 people in that gym to watch that. Game, but it was awesome, man. It was a great game. Like the Mastodons, the Mastodons over the Vikings. You got two great nicknames. You know, didn't uh, kind of went on a whim. You know, kind of went on a whim to go to it, and it ended up being a, an amazing game. Best part was still Red Robin before. The Red Robin was very good. The Red Robin was very good. <laughs> I hadn't had Red. I hadn't had Red Robin in a couple years, and I could have probably count on one hand how many games I've gone to as like a genuine fan in the last. Three or four years. It was like, a rare day. Without, without having to worry about deadline or, you know, keeping track of stats or whatever. I could eat my Skittles and watch basketball. And, uh, yeah, man, that's awesome. That's good. That was very cool. So It was. Bet you didn't think we'd be starting this podcast talking about PFW last when we ended last week's show, but here we are. No. Wouldn't have guessed a lot of things about my life, but uh, <laughs> let's move on to oh my gosh. Super Bowl. That sounded so sad. Fifty-six um, Super Bowl. Yeah, dun, we will. Dun, we we will get to the local stuff here for, in a little bit. I promise. We're kind of cranking out the national stuff first. This will be the only other national thing we talk about. Purdue Fort Wayne's not like national national, but it made national news just because it was a crazy game and Scott Van Pelt featured it on Sports Center, and we made local television in Fort Wayne. Because Justin Prince will always try to find his journalism friends at games and get them on TV. So I was chilling, just looking at my phone. Yeah, I was as well. I knew to look at him at every time out, too, because I know he likes to film like Bryce Vance from KPC and other guys who were like in that area. And then, yeah. No, he didn't get it. We he did, got us. We got on the flex cam, though. Flex cam. We did get on the flex cam. Thank so. God we didn't get anything else. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's talk Super Bowl 56. You mentioned it kind of there. Uh, Rams 23, Bengals 20. Uh, pretty enjoyable game. Competitive. Close all the way through. Halftime show was great. Um, any any general observations you want to throw out there about the? Commercials were good. Commercials were good, Pretty too. Pretty solid ads. Uh, I would, like, give this whole Super Bowl, like, experience, like, an 8.5 out of 10. Maybe mm-hmm. a 9 out of 10. You know, it was pretty good. It's almost, if the game had, like, had another, like, like big play, like, if Cincinnati had forced overtime or won it, 
Then it would have been like a 10. Just hoping for some more drama. I never felt the drama aspect, even though it was a close game. Never, right. Never really felt it's cause it. It's because both offenses were struggling, like, mightily. That's why. Part of it, at least, was that, so. Yeah, but uh, what do you know? Cooper Cup, he's the guy. Mm-hmm. Makes the play. We're all shocked. One Super Bowl MVP. Kind of deserved it, obviously. So what, he uh, he did the triple crown, uh, catches, receiving yards, touchdowns for wide receiver, offensive player of the year, and Super Bowl MVP, and Super Bowl champion, obviously. So that's a, I mean, that's a pretty decent year, I would say. I, I would agree with yeah, that. The only other player that's ever done that, Jerry Rice, I saw, and he didn't mm-hmm. even do that all in one year. So right, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, pretty pretty amazing stuff for Cooper Cup. Uh, he was always a good receiver before this year, but he just exploded on with uh, Matt Stafford as quarterback. You know, so good for them. Um, you know, the Rams built the super team, and uh, they they end up winning it. You know, that team has legitimately what, like six. Seven Hall of Fame players, maybe on it, you know. A Stafford Not, Hall of Famer. I, I think so. I think Matthew Stafford will get in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Richard Sherman doesn't think so. Well, Richard Sherman. I don't know if you saw that. No, on I don't care. Uh, Aaron Donald, obviously, Von Miller, OBJ, and Cooper Cup are going to make cases if they continue on their careers too. Uh, Whitworth, the left tackle, might be a Hall of Famer too. Who played 15, 16 years. Won the Walter Payton Man of the Year and Super Bowl champ. and You should get in the Hall of Fame just based off that. Mm-hmm. Walter Payton Man of the Year. Three-time All-Pro, so he might get in too. Uh, it's hard for the offensive linemen to get in. It's hard for them to like stand out, you know what I mean? Like There's no stats really for that. But Any future Hall of Famers on the uh, Bengals offensive line? <laughs> mm, no, maybe their high school Hall of Fame, you know, but... Probably not the NFL. Also. Joe Burrow. He had a pretty good game. Not, as, not, not his best. Line. Yeah. Not his best, but, uh, I mean, he got sacked seven times. I guess everyone kind of saw that coming anyway. But still put his team in a position to win at the end. Uh, he almost made that pass, even yeah. though he was getting sacked by Aaron It looked Donald. like he was going to get it. Like That looked like it was completed for a second there. I thought he was going to get that. That's crazy. Have you seen the screen grab of, like, Jamar Chase being open down the field? Like, if he had had one more second to, like, read the defense, he would have had Chase open for potentially the game-winning touchdown. That would have been way more fun of an ending. That would have been insane. Uh, also, the no-look pass from Stafford to Cup and that game-winning drive that we didn't even realize was a no-look pass in the moment, that was pretty amazing. All the video yeah. angles of that. The one that the Rams tweeted out Monday where you could see how it literally affected the guy in the middle – of the defense, like just enough to where he was able to zip the ball just out of stretch. Like if, if Stafford didn't do the no look thing, that might have been a pick. Yep. So crazy. Yep. Crazy. Yes. Just doing the Hall of Fame for that one play. LA, City of Champs. LeBron wants to throw a parade for all of them. Except for the fact that the Dodgers and the Lakers won in twenty twenty, so it's a bit late for that. Well they didn't get they didn't get to have parades, you know, for COVID reasons. It's still kinda dumb. So I think they should. Uh, they, I I don't I don't hate LeBron's take on like let's do a one big old mega parade for everyone, but also like, you know I think LeBron just needs an excuse to be for people to remember like oh yeah he won a championship like he's won championships because their Lakers are kind of bad right now. Take advantage of your platform. Might, you know? as, <laughs> might as well. So, uh, yeah, the QR code commercial was great. Got everyone to talk about him at least. Yep. So, uh, Larry David, pretty funny. 
Still, it's my favorite one. Seth Rogen and and Paul Rudd were very good. And the Lay's one was pretty good. Yeah, um, I think that was. Oh, and the Sopranos one, the Sopranos for the Chevy Silverado. I I popped for that. I think a lot of people popped. If you know, if you've seen the show, you know that's almost a shot for shot replica of the Intro. open. Yeah, and it's Intro. an iconic and it's an iconic open too. Apparently, David Chase, who created Sopranos, was part of the process of making that commercial too. So like they really like went like all in with it. So it's pretty cool, man. I, I I yeah. I almost told everyone to shut up in the in the house we were watching. I was like, hold on, no one move. Sopranos is on my Sopranos is on my language. TV. What? Don't say shut up, man. It's explicit. That's not explicit. It's explicit language. Shut up. So explicit. Okay. Anyway, it is. We can get into the local stuff, yeah. Yes, we can. So we had a pretty awesome Saturday. Pretty, pretty awesome Saturday of high school sports for our coverage area. Um, we pretty much got everything I think we would want, minus Giselle Miller winning the Diving State Championship. Uh, we'll start there. We'll start in the pool, the IU Natatorium on the campus of IUPUI in the beautiful city of Indianapolis, the Circle City. Go Jags. Go Jags. Jaguars are not doing so hot and. uh Pretty Men's much basketball. everything, <laughs> but they have a nice pool, so that's cool. That rhymed on accident. I didn't mean to do that on purpose. Um, let's start with uh, Concord. Fourth place finish as a team. Best finish in program history at the state meet. Previous best was ninth, so that's a big improvement there. Five spots. Uh, they were two points away from third place. Tremendous season for them, uh, but the biggest biggest takeaway for Concord this weekend, Grace Brenneman. The senior winning the Mental Attitude Award. Uh, she is the third athlete from our coverage area to win the Mental Attitude Award for their sport this year. Uh, Sybil Stilson for Northwood Girls Golf and Graham Egley, Westview Boys Soccer, both won it for their respective sports. Um, that's obviously a byproduct of our athletes doing very well. You know, you have to get to state first to be eligible to win the Mental Attitude Award. And they, you know, is it a coach vote? It's decided by the IHSAA. So each school that like is in the state championship game, they nominate one senior from their school or their team, their team to be the uh, recipient for them. And then the IHSA executive committee, it decides who should win it. So, and so, yes, the uh, Brenneman won it. So like those, like, Egley, like, he, he deserved it, obviously, but he had a 50-50 chance of winning it. It was either him or a senior from Providence who was going to win mental attitude. When you get to the golf and the swim, there's obviously a lot more seniors to, you know, choose from. So the fact that Stilson and Brenneman both won is pretty cool. And, you know, obviously we have a couple other athletes in this area to where I kind of wrote about this in my column, like, you know, if – you know, Drew Hogan gets to state and track, you know, that's going to, he'll probably be Goshen's selection for that. And he'll have a good a chance as anybody to win it, you know? So, uh, this has been an awesome year for that. Like, it's cool not only to have like all the success we've been seeing in terms of like on the field. I mean, you know, I've used that IHSA state credential like five times this year, which is like the most I've ever used it. Uh, but to also see the athletes, who are like the good people from our area, like getting the recognition as well. That's really cool. 
Like, that's really cool. And it's different schools, too. Northwood, Westview, Concord. Like, it's not just, like, Concord racking them all up, you know, or Northwood or whatever. It's kind of cool, like, almost like, you know, we're getting a fair compliment of all of our schools that have been at state this year getting that recognition. So, it's 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 pretty cool, man. It's a shameless plug. You had a story about it, and then you had a column about some of the stuff that went down this weekend as well. Yeah, I wrote the column about the Mental Attitude Award winners. So... That's what I'm saying. So, shameless plug. plug. So I was you, you there. I was talk. there covering. <laughs> you just all the talked a lot about it, so I did. We should we should yeah. plug that for sure. So, Brenneman, Brenneman uh, medaled in four events. She was third in the fifty free, fifth in the fifty or fifth fifth in the hundred free. Excuse me, and then she was third on the two hundred freestyle or four hundred freestyle was third, and the five the two hundred freestyle relay was fifth. So she medaled in two relays and two individual events. Concord also picked up medals uh, in the 200 medley relay, and uh, they scored points in a bunch of other events. Uh, Ella Lance was sixth in the backstroke. She was the other medalist uh, for them. Audrey Lance as well, 100 butterfly eighth. Sorry, I did not write these down in order. This is all over the place. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. So and then Northridge, you know, we I mentioned it kind of the beginning there. The divers. Uh, Giselle Miller looked like she executed a great dive in her last dive that I thought would have gotten her enough points to win, and she they didn't score it that way. So she ended up falling uh, five points short of winning the state title. Two straight years now, Giselle Miller entered the final dive in the lead and did not win. That's it's tough, man. It's tough. Uh, she still got second. Caitlin Simons was third. Abby Long was sixth. That's unheard of almost. Three divers from the same school getting top six at the state meet. You see it all the time with the swimming. Carmel will have, you know, first, second, and eighth or whatever in, a, in an event. But to get divers to go. Like, Carmel doesn't even do divers. You know what I mean? Like Carmel just has a, an abundance of swimmers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's quantity. But Northridge, I mean... They really, as you were talking about yesterday, it's our three divers. I mean, they don't have a huge diving team. They have no one else. They're yeah, the only three saying. divers, on men, men or man, men, male or female. So that makes it. How about that? More impressive because mm-hmm. those three are the only three, but they're such quality divers. You know, yeah. So. Yeah. So, and then they cut off Coach Bob. Coach Bob Burns's uh, ponytail. So. Did Long, you video it? I did get video of it. It took, took forever. <laughs> it took forever. It, they were trying to cut it on the podium, but it was so thick they couldn't cut it through, the so they had to come like off the podium. A pair of scissors or something? They couldn't. They just didn't. Yeah, they 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 just couldn't get it off. And uh, it was pretty funny to watch it, though. And they had to get him off the podium because they started doing the other events, you know. So they're like, okay, we need you to move off the podium so we can, you know, get ready for the other events. And so uh, they cut it. They finally cut it off. Um, well, yeah, you're probably never going to see that again. Three divers like that from one school, all competing for a state championship, you know, at the highest level. You know, th- three divers total scored more than 500 points Saturday. Two of them were Northridge. So, so yeah. Um, and then Sid Nethercut had a really nice day, 400 in the 500-yard uh, freestyle. She finished fourth. So those were their big medal points for Northridge on Saturday. And then Wawasee, shout out Wawasee. Best finish in program history as well, 12th place. 
the Mishler sisters, they traded positioning kind of in the uh, 50 and the 100. Julia uh, went, uh, she was fifth place in the 50, and Alexis was sixth in the 50. And then in the 100, Alexis finished sixth, and Julia was eighth. So, didn't they, they finish in the 30s last year at state? Yeah, I mean, they had one event score six points last yeah. year. Yeah. So it's big, obviously, fast improvement. Yep, they scored um, 73 team points this year. So, and, you know, pretty much all of them are coming back. There was a senior, uh, once one or two seniors on those relay teams that they had that were, they were down there in, as well in the consolation finals. But both Michelers are back next year, so you got to think they're going to be in the mix to get back down again. So If we get a few divers on that team, watch out. Just saying. Transfer some transfers in. Yeah. Maybe the girl maybe the girl from Center Grove will transfer up. Who won? I hope you know, diving is not exactly a big uh very popular thing, I guess, in this area. I mean it's not diving looks very difficult and a lot of hard work, so I guess it would make sense that there's not a tons of divers out there doing this right at this level. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've yeah. seen you've seen it firsthand. I mean, I don't yeah. know. I don't know how, how um, you know they can do some of those dives that they do. It's insane. And how you like score it, and it's yeah. That's yeah. that was a thing. You know, I'm not gonna claim I know diving because I don't know the intricacies <laughs> of it. But like, I was standing there with some other people when Miller dove for her final dive, and it looked. I mean, it looked great. Like, it was awesome. Like, she did a couple twists and, like... You missed her feet, bro. They weren't pointed right. It, it, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it looked like a dive that should have got her 55 points that she needed to win. And they came up 49-9. And it was like, really? Like, that looked... It looked better than one of her other dives that scored 56. So, I... She said that she probably didn't get high enough, you know, off the board. She could have maybe, like straightened out a little bit more or something it was a very technical like yeah we're splitting I mean, hairs it's all here. diving is is splitting hairs it's insane so. <laughs> it's absolutely i would just give her a 10 for everything because it looked great so it well, just too bad you're not a judge she would the center she grove the center grove girl though kudos to her mia pruzeski pruzeski i don't know how to say her last name i apologize mia but she was down 17 points going into the last two dives and she hit a dive in her second to last one that scored like 63. It was absurd. It was a really amazing dive. So she cut the deficit from 17 to 4 going into the final round. That's what that's what ultimately won it. She won it with that huge dive in the 10th round. You know, we can be a little upset that Giselle didn't score more than we... She didn't score, yeah, more than we thought she should have in that last one. But also, Mia dropped a 63-something on that 10th dive, it was amazing. So, I think the whole whole uh, natatorium like gasped when they saw that number go up. It was that good. So, kudos to her. Just a tough, tough break for, uh, for Giselle Miller. So, boys swimming sectionals now begin their tournament uh, this weekend. The boys sectional prelims Thursday, diving prelims Saturday morning, finals Saturday, 1 p.m., all at Northridge High School. Home of the Raiders. So it's a nice natatorium. It is. I agree. So get that light shining in. Mm-hmm. The day the girls had sectionals. Or the day the girls had NLC championships when I was there. 
It was sunny and the and the light was just coming right in. It was beautiful. Great for photos. Really was. Just reminiscing. Yep. Well, you won't be there on Saturday. We will have Steve Craw and uh, Brandon Beachy will be taking the photos in there. We will be over with uh, Fairfield. More on them later. So, little tease for the uh, for the fine folks. So, before we get into some of that, semi-state wrestling, another great day for uh, Concord. Concord just had a great day. Armin Koltukian, semi-state champ at 195 pounds. He's now sectional regional semi-state champion. So, congratulations to him. Six total wrestlers from our coverage area are going to state this weekend. Uh, had 126 pounds. Keegan Schlebach from Lakeland. He is 39 and 9. I'm going to read off their first round matchups here, by the way. So I apologize for taking a long time to talk. That's what I do. Um, Schlebach. Keegan Schlebach will be wrestling Braden Haynes from Brownsburg. Uh, 35 and 7. So 39 and 9 versus 35 and 7. Should be a decent first round matchup there. Uh, Jasper Graber, Northridge senior. He's 23 and 6, 132 pound weight class. He's going up against. Crown Point Junior Anthony Ball. Crown Point has 11 wrestlers at state. They are going to be the favorites on paper to win the state championship this year as a team. So we'll see how they see if uh, maybe Graber plays a little upset here and takes away some points from Crown Point. So um, 145 pounds. Ben Miller from Lakeland, 45 and four. He was semi-state runner-up. He gets Knox Senior Gunner. Kraus, who's 25 and 7, so feels like on paper Miller's got a good chance to win his first round matchup there. We'll see, obviously. Records can be a little deceiving in wrestling. It depends on who you wrestle, when you wrestle them, things like that. So it's all about how you're feeling that morning. And yeah, wrestling's a weird sport where you yep. can control the whole match, then five seconds later you lost because you got caught up or whatever and pinned. Like it's a weird sport. So Caden Lone, uh, 160, junior from Northwood, 35-5. and five. He will be going up against East Central senior Charlie Eusen. Eusen, 44-2 on the season. Uh, Lone, tough matchup for Lone. Looks like first round, but um, he's obviously been a machine. Minus this past weekend, he, he got the semifinals of semi-state. Lost two matches there, but he's still pretty darn good. So, um, I... I they get a toss-up if he wins that matchup. Uh, Trey Tobias probably drew the toughest first-round matchup of anyone. Northwood senior, 182 pounds, 29-9 record. He's going up against Center Grove senior Drake Buchanan, who is 39-1. Buchanan was the runner-up at 170 last year at State, um, and he is probably the favorite on paper in 182. So, tough draw for Trey. And just... <laughs> Hey, if, I'm, I'm not going to lie. If he wins, if Trey wins on Friday, it would be an upset. So, uh, Just sounds kind of scary. Drake, Drake Buchanan. Buchanan. Yeah, like it sounds, sounds like, like a wrestler. Yeah. Uh, the, the two wrestlers that are like the the overall, I think if you were going to ask the wrestling folks in the state who was like pound for pound the best wrestlers, um, it would probably be Zeke Seltzer at 132 from uh, Cathedral, Indianapolis Cathedral. And uh, Jesse Mendez uh, from Crown Point, who's 138. So, so Graber, if he makes an amazing run, he's going to have to wrestle Seltzer at some point. It's probably not going to go well. It's an awesome last name. Zeke Seltzer. Yeah. Seltzer. And uh, Jesse Mendez is also just amazing. Like, they, the guys on the 
bracket show where like he's worth the price of admission to go see and blah blah blah. He's like he's going for like three straight state championships. So so is Seltzer. Why the appeal with that weight class specifically? Just the way they can move faster. I guess technique is different. Yeah, you know something like that. So the the, the middleweights are probably the more enjoyable ones to watch because they do move. You know, I would say like one, like one twenty to one ninety five are pretty enjoyable. The bigger guys, they're not as agile. So see some more slams though, right? Yeah, maybe some more. Speaking pickups. of one ni- speaking of one ninety five, Armin Koltukian, I mentioned him. He's a semi state champion. He will be opening up with Terre Haute North Vigo senior Samuel Sanders. So Koltukian forty one and six, Sanders thirty six and five. So another good solid matchup there, and uh, I I'm, I'm optimistic we're going to get a couple to Saturday. Um, first rounds are Friday. They are doing the 152 to 285 pound weight class first round matchups at 11 a.m. Friday morning, and then 7 p.m. at night you get the first round matchups for 106 to 145, and then all quarterfinals and semifinals are in the morning Saturday, and then. Saturday afternoon, the Constellation Finals. Saturday night, 7.30 p.m., the finals start. All of it at the GameBridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis, home of the Pacers. So if you don't know what game... If you didn't know that GameBridge bought the sponsorship to the arena, it used to be called Banker's Life Fieldhouse, it used to be Conseco Fieldhouse. Uh, now it's GameBridge Fieldhouse. That'll change again in a few years, probably. Probably. So good luck to all of our wrestlers uh, down at State. Should be fun. I'm looking forward to seeing seeing who maybe uh, shocks some people, you know, makes a run. So, Caden's uh, older brother, Jake, made it to the state runner-up a couple years ago. So, uh, you never know. So That's why they wrestle. That's why that's why they wrestle. So, uh, a little bit of wrestling. Before we dive into girls' basketball, let's talk a little bit of boys' basketball. Uh, we had some regular season games this past week. Northwood won the NLC championship. So, congratulations to them. Coach Wolf's got his guys. But they didn't win the game to win the NLC championship, right? You remember the last week? They Them beating <laughs> West Opal didn't matter in terms of the NLC championship, but they beat West Opal, and then Mishawaka beating, or losing to Warsaw gave them the NLC title. And then they beat? And then they beat Mishawaka. Mishawaka so, they went 7-0. Sweep. First time they've ever run 7-0 in conference play. So congratulations to Aaron Wolf. It feels like all the styes are, styes, all the styes are aligning. Uh-huh. All the stars are aligning for this team. Excited to see what's uh, going to happen in the postseason. Should be interesting. Yeah. Uh, you were at Goshen. I was somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Goshen has gotten back on track. Two wins last week. They beat Wawasee. Uh, grinding out type of game down there in uh, the hardwood teepee. Every game Wawasee plays is a grinded out game. <laughs> I think we probably said that every week. Yeah, Wawasee, they grind it out, you know. They play great defense, but at times are offensively challenged, unfortunately. And size, too. They get out-rebounded, and that kind of hurts as well. And that kinda, that's kind of what happened uh, against Goshen. They kept it close for a lot of the game, but uh, every time Wawasee would get within a couple of possessions, Goshen would have a nice little run, big bucket, Especially from guys like Drew Hogan. He had 21 points. He had a good week last week. Yeah, 21 points against the Warriors. Got to 1,100 points in that game for a career. Yes. That's what uh, – that's. 
I can I can say Michael Wolford told me that, so that's definitely confirmed and correct, probably. Yes, I so, uh, yes, I I don't doubt him. I all the numbers with him and Beck Williams are yeah, he's at eleven oh three for yep. his career to confirm. Twenty six away from passing. Uh, who's who's fourth place? Uh, Culp, Dave Culp for fourth all time. Dave Culp. But yeah, like I said, two games in a row now. They've won after losing five in a row. Uh, those guys were really excited running off the court, and uh, Wolford told me that they were uh, pretty amped in the locker room. So I guess confidence is up, you know. Happiness is it. up. They needed it. They were morale is up. <laughs> they were struggling there, uh, and they've got three games this week that are, you know, winnable games. Laporte Tuesday, Plymouth game moved up from Thursday to Wednesday because of snow coming, and uh, Westview on Friday. So. It's three games right there that are, you know, they could be, uh, you know, fourteen and six. fourteen and six going. Oh, fifteen and six. They're eleven and six right now. Yeah. Okay. They'll be fourteen and six. They could be fourteen and six going into John Glenn, the last game of the year. That's gonna be fun at Goshen. John, John Glenn coming to Goshen, last game of the year, regular season. Let me guess, you're gonna cover that. <laughs> I might be there. <laughs> I might be there, yes. Because um, um, then they also have West Noble next week, too. I was trying to figure out where they pick up their 22nd game, and they have West Noble next Tuesday. So Yeah, John Glenn might be slightly overrated. Uh, they have a great record. But, I don't know. Uh, I mean, they got destroyed by um, Penn. Penn. But they yeah. beat they beat Mishawaka Marion, so. John Glenn did? Mm-hmm. Afterwards or before, earlier in the season? Earlier in the season. Glenn, Glenn beat... Marion, Marion beat Penn. Penn beat Glenn. That's how there's a three-way tie at the NIC. So, gotcha. So they've all beaten each other. I think Glenn's pretty solid. Uh, I mean, yeah, they've won all these that, games. There's a that sectional over there is John Glenn, Mishawaka, Marion, and South Bend, Washington. That's a pretty darn good sectional. Three North, good Northwood, Northwood. I don't know if they're like happy to go to Newcastle, but they're probably thrilled that their sectional doesn't feed isn't like over there. With all those, your sectional is a relatively, you know, West Noble will give them a game, I think. Wawasee plays everyone close. Uh, Lakeland, we'll see how Tippy Valley looks. Northwood goes to Tippy Valley tonight, so we'll see. Lakeland, I don't think, is giving anyone. No offense to the Fighting Lakers. Um, they lost by 50 to Central Noble. Not great. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess that's that would mm-hmm. constitute not great. Not great. Fall under that category. 49-point loss. Yeah. Not great. Um, Everyone has a bad day. Yeah. It's okay. You know who hasn't had a bad day in a while? You? No. (laughs) No, of course not. Uh, No, man. Northridge. Northridge boys basketball. Yeah, seven dubs in a row? Officially over 500. I said seven, and I have like my you know, the four. four <laughs> yeah, there you go. Good job. I'm not That's sure why. Math is hard. Math is hard. Seven wins in a row. That's They've cool. done this every year under Scott Radiker. I didn't know this. I didn't know. remember this. Shout out Anthony Anderson for making a note. Each of the last four years, like they've kind of struggled a little bit early and then made a big run. This was the worst start. Three and nine was the worst start of those. Like It was like, oh, they were five and five or, you know, Six and four or whatever, and then they make a run. Because, um, like, two years ago, before the pandemic ended their season, they were five and five. Then they rattled off 16 wins in a row to win the sectional, and then the pandemic cut everything off after that. Um, last year, too, they were 
kind of scuffling a little bit early, and then they figured it out and, you know, went into the sectional as the favorite. Didn't win, obviously. Penn beat them in the semifinal, but uh, this team was, you know, 3-9 and and played some close games but struggled, and then all of a sudden, like, here they come. And, again, they've got, you know, scheduled this week and next week where they could keep it going till the end, you know? They play Fairfield. Play right. Fairfield next week. Um, One they, of us will be covering that, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. It's already marked on our calendar, so. It's probably not me, is it? Is it me? I don't know. I haven't actually marked it who will be there yet. It's, a, it's to be determined because Goshen plays West Oval that same night, so. True. We'll, we will figure it out. Uh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, man. Hey, man, you're the, uh, you're the Goshen beat guy. Well, I'm going to cover them against Glenn, so I might send you to Goshen West Noble, and then I'll go to Fairfield Northridge. Check in on uh, Derek Heinen and Scott Radiker, So, Wow. Yeah, you're already down for Glenn Goshen. I have Concord Westview. Schedule subject to change depending on if Beck Williams breaks the school record or not yet. So we got that to follow this week. He's 37 points away from the all-time record, man. Come on. He's close. He's close. He needs 38 total points to break it, 37 for the tie. He gets two games this week, Jimtown tonight, Tuesday, and then uh, Trinity Greenlawn Friday at home. Home finale. It would be nice if he has enough points against Jimtown here to where he can break it at home. Yeah, home is kind of where you want to do it. Yeah. Obviously. So we will be at that game on Friday. You will be at that game on Friday. Trinity South Bend Trinity Greenlawn against Bethany Christian. Might be the first time we've ever covered a Trinity Greenlawn game. So, congratulations. They've only been IHSAA official for like a year. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know you're pumped. Um, should be a good game, man. Give the kids a break. So, any other boys basketball notes from the area? We'll probably talk a little bit more about next week. So, obviously, we talk about every brass, sectional brackets come out Sunday at 5 o'clock. They do. So get your blind draw tweets ready to go. Draft them up. Put them in the drafts. Schedule them. Can't wait for uh, Can't wait for Penn and Warsaw to draw each other in that 4A1 in the first round. Yeah. And Concord will draw Elkhart in the semifinal game on the other side. Like it'll be Concord, it'll be Goshen, Warsaw, Penn, you know, all, all up in there. We get Northwood West Noble first round. Northwood West Noble will be in the first round. And then, you know, Lakeland and uh, Lakeland and Wallace will play each other in the bye, you know, semifinal game. Yeah. So, that's, that's how it works, right? What's The 2 way one would, would be uh, Central Noble playing east side to begin it. That'd be the that'd be the bracket being uh, – I don't know enough about the 1A1 Bethany send to, like, know what the, you know, what it would be the Black rigged – What No, Blackhawk's not in that. Thank God they got moved up to two A because they're uh, <laughs> they're really they got really good they they destroyed everyone in one A a couple years ago and they got moved up to two A because of success factor and they won two A last year too so and they're really good again this year like they lost all their D one players and they're still really good so it's like a basketball factory over there so yeah Blackhawk Christian not in the Bethany Christian sectional thank God um, literally like all those schools are like you know God related. Um, Anyway, that's that's enough religious talk for the show. Uh, girls basketball. This is we held off girls basketball till the end because of our interview with Rob Hunt. So you were wondering like, why'd you go from semi-state wrestling to regular season boys basketball? It's because it's called a lead-in. We're trying to lead into the Rob Hunt interview. 
Yes. So we'll talk quickly about West Noble, and then we'll do a Fairfield deep dive because you were there Saturday for Fairfield. Uh, quickly though, West Noble. A shallow dive. <laughs> deep shallow dive. dive. <laughs> Mid dive. Shallow dive. Um, you know, not a state championship dive, but a dive nonetheless. Um, West Noble dropped a heartbreaker against Griffith, uh, 44 to 43. Regional semifinal game over at Jimtown. Uh, nice story for West Noble to win that sectional. And uh, just sounds like they kind of, you know, they were leading for most of that game, and then, then Griffith just hits a shot, 30 seconds left, takes a lead, and West Oval doesn't counter, and the game's over. So That's what happens when you let a team hang around, I suppose. There's always that chance. Yep. I know Coach Jeff Burns seemed confident going into the game that they were going to be able to win, um, but they fell just short. And, I mean, they got spared getting blown out by 50 to stop in Washington probably, but – You'd still like to have that chance to play up in Washington. Say you tell your grandkids that you played against, you know, four Division One players in one game. So, uh, yeah, so they they tough season for them. 7-18 and 18 overall record for West Noble to end the year. Uh, one team still playing is our beloved Fairfield Falcons. Regional champs, Evan, you were there for both games. You, uh, you take us through. And Winnemette. At Winnemac. There's so much to do in Winnemac that you just went home afterwards after the first game. <laughs> Rather just sit on my couch and watch TV instead of explore Winnemac. Yeah. I still had, yeah, I spent like four hours at home. Still had t- plenty of time to spare. Yeah, there's, it's, it's, yeah, literally nothing to do there. I would have been stranded. Not sure what I would have done for seven hours. But, uh, yeah, the 11 a.m. game, Eastside, Fairfield, third matchup of the season. They had split the season series. During the regular season, obviously, um, and you could tell that these two teams were, uh, you know, very familiar with each other. You could just tell that Fairfield got off to a hot start. We're up fourteen to five after the first quarter, but then East Side started hitting threes. It's a great equalizer, right, Austin? Three point shots. Sure. So <laughs> they hit four of them in the second quarter. Went up at one point, twenty-one to twenty, right before. Well, not right before. Less than two minutes left in the half. Then Bria Garber hit a three. She hit a trade to make it 23-21 at halftime. And then the third quarter is kind of where uh, Fairfield put the game away. Went up by as many as 13. Really shut down east side on the perimeter. And uh, they outscored them 18-7 that third quarter. And they kind of just rode it the rest of the game to win 54-42 to advance to the championship game that yeah. night. Yep. Fairfield did the same thing against uh, Bremen in the sectional championship where they went up big, and then all of a sudden here comes the second quarter letdown. I was following the on you're driving down to Indy on Saturday, and I'm like, are they going to do the same thing they just did on last weekend against Bremen where they go up big and then they're trailing all of a sudden at halftime? And obviously like they reversed course and won comfortably. Uh, didn't sweat it out like the Bremen game. So This team is more poised this time. A year ago, same place. Right. Same regional. You know, they had a they had a lead against Bluffton, let it get away, and ended up losing. A game they probably shouldn't have lost. So, obviously, Brody was happy that the fact that uh, this team showed way more poise this time around. Obviously, with that experience, a lot of uh, – pretty much all the players, obviously, from that team were on this team. Right. So, I mean, obviously – a year later, you come back, you're in the same gym. All this is familiar. So they didn't want to, you know, Lightning didn't want to strike twice, right? You know, 
Yeah. Because this team is this team is better than a you know first game regional regional semifinal loss, and uh, they proved that. Yeah, I, I I agree. I agree, and especially. You know, I guess my my personal expectations were a little tempered after Sanchez got injured, but they still felt like they should have won that. Like, with the way the bracket fell, like, okay, they should make the regional final, which they did. And then anything after that, you know, we thought, oh, they're going to probably play Union Mills and, you know, number one team in the state. It'll probably be a tough game. And if they lose, like, fine, like, still a great season. But they didn't play Union Mills. They played Andrean because Andrean was like, nah, dude, we're upsetting the number one team. So, that beat him. And, like, beat him. Like, wasn't even close. 16 points. Yeah. That's impressive. That's why I was like, man, you know, Fairfield, good season. Andrean's uh, going <laughs> to win here. It's going to be a close one, but I think Andrean's going to win. I mean, that's just what you expected from the way they played in the first game. I like, it's an undefeated team. But uh, I was watching the pregame, and both sides, as far as the body language and energy, completely different. Like, Andrean was, like, chilling. They like I felt like they were maybe a little overconfident, but Fairfield was like locked in, bro. It was just like mm-hmm. this this team's ready to play. Mm-hmm. They're all one unit. They they're trying to, you know, be regional champions here for sure. And then they came out and punched them right in the mouth in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Literally punched them in the yeah. mouth or like figuratively punched them in the mouth. Um figuratively. <laughs> but it might as well have been literally on the scoreboard. Um they were up sixteen to four at one point in the first quarter. Bria Garber scored 10 of those points in the first quarter and uh, didn't get much better in the second quarter. Uh, Fairfield built... Yeah, built... (laughs) Fairfield built a double-digit lead. Uh, They only gave up four points on defense and uh, were up 25 to 11, 14 points at halftime. And uh, it didn't... And from there, you know, with the way Fairfield's built, you know, they're... Opportunistic on offense, they want they they take their time to get the shot they want, and then they suffocate you on defense. So with the double digit lead in the second half, they're able to do that. You know, run the clock, get shots they wanted, while also you know forcing Andrean into really bad shots, which they're shooting bad shots from the beginning, like NBA range threes, um, forcing passes, forcing shots, led to some turnovers. I don't know how this team scored fifty seven points against an undefeated team earlier in the day because I did not get that look at all. Obviously, they only scored 22 points against Fairfield. That shows you how great of a defensive team Fairfield is. But at the same time, Andrean was not making it easy for themselves on the offensive side of the court. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. I wonder, and I'm not not trying to take away anything from Fairfield. They won it. They were, and they're a really good team. We've, we've seen Fairfield all year. We've been singing their praises since – Early November, like this is a legit team that can make a run, and this is this is not a fluke by any means. But I wonder how much Fran Drain, you know, they put so much time and energy to beat Union Mills, right? This was a game like the number one team in the state, undefeated. A lot of time and energy goes into beating that. I wonder if there was an emotional letdown for them at all playing in that night game. And this is where my I I feel like that. The setup of the state tournament like this isn't fair in that sense because Andrean puts a lot of time and energy into trying to beat Union Mills, and then Fairfield, like Fairfield's the benefactor, they had two extra hours of rest, and you have this emotional huge win for Andrean, and they got to come back four hours, five hours later to play Fairfield, and they probably weren't as up for Fairfield because 
you know, they don't get as much time to scout. You know, you don't, the energy there is, you know what I mean? Like it's still a letdown. So, you know, I would have been saying the same thing too if Fairfield played Union Mills and then lost to Andrean or something like that. If it works, it, it this argument isn't just like, you know, it's an argument I've been making, I feel like, every year. It's just I don't feel like this is a fair <laughs> no, it's not it's not a fair setup. It's not a fair setup for anyone to win. Like, you know, it, and I get it, we're all, everyone's in the same boat. So it's not like Fairfield had a day off and then played in the regional final, you know, and Andrean had to play in five hours. But I, I don't know. I just feel like soccer made the move this past year. They play the regional semifinal Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, depending on the gender, and then Saturday was the final, right? And that just made it so much better for Saturday because these teams had at least a day to prepare, rest, get themselves ready to go. You're not having this huge emotional game in the morning. Your season's on the line in every game from here on out. You know what I mean? That's a lot of stakes and pressure. And it just... Again, I'm not I'm not taking anything away from Fairfield. That's our, they're our team here, and we're happy for them. It gives us another week to cover girls basketball. And like semi states are awesome. They're going to the port Saturday, playing a good Frankton team. Should be a fun game. We just talked to Rob Hunt. Like it's coming up here in the the episode, and it sounds like their teams are spitting images of each other. So it's going to be a really competitive game. Spider Man meme. Spider Man meme. We said that three times, I think, in the interview. <laughs> um, it sounded just like Fairfield. You could have just substituted out the names, and like that's Fairfield. Um, but I, I really think that they need to, the IHSCA really needs to take a look at this setup and figure out a way to just make it a little more fair and balanced, you know, because you shouldn't have to play two games in one day, you know. You, you maybe do that once a year at like a tournament, like a shootout, you know. You shouldn't have to be doing that for the regional championship. That's just my opinion. You have a lot of things to say to the IHSA about things it seems. I, I tell you what I could write a lot of columns let me tell you shot clock shot clock also a thing blind draw the blind draw two regional games in one day two regional games in one day tough anything else come to my mind right now I don't know I'll think of something though I know something will anger me at some point about them uh, it's fine it's fine uh, yeah, so anyway, Fairfield, 24-3, and Frankton, 22-5, and semi-state championship game winner to the Class 2A North, or Class 2A state championship game, which will be February 26th. It'll probably be the, like, 1.30 p.m. game at Gamebridge Arena, and uh, they will play either University or Forest Park in the other semi-state game from if, the south. If they win, do we go back to... Uh that one house we stayed at when we went to Newcastle. <laughs> I don't know if the people still live in that house anymore. Actually. Oh yeah, weren't they trying to sell it at the time? Yes, they they did. I believe they have a they have moved out of that house. It's been almost a year, so I'm not sure. Yeah, sure that. maybe so. we'll go check it out. Hey, we stayed here last year. <laughs> uh, we still got the rooms available. It's not the same people, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, that was interesting. So yeah, we will. Uh, it'd be fun to go down, cover a state championship again. Uh, we've been doing that a lot this year, which has been pretty cool. So, uh, we'll see. Fairfield's got a tough game on Saturday. Uh, it should be a fun game. So, let's let's talk a little bit more about that game. Like we said, we've been plugging it a little bit throughout the episode. Rob Hunt from the Herald Bulletin down in Anderson, Indiana. He covers Frankton Girls Basketball. He was there at their regional championship game Saturday over number two Winchester. We talked to Rob about that game. Frankton's overall 
team makeup and things like that, along with talking a little bit of Fairfield. So uh, here it is. Here is our interview with Rob Hunt. All right, we now welcome on a very special guest. He is a reporter, sports reporter. Uh, I don't know if you're a sports editor. I know George is a sports editor at the Herald Bulletin down in Anderson, Indiana. Uh, Rob Hunt joining us. He covers Frankton, who will be playing Fairfield in the 2A Girls Basketball Semi-State Championship game on Saturday afternoon at LaPorte High School. Rob, how are you doing today? I'm good, Austin. Good to be on with you guys. And, uh, yeah, George, George can, can have that title uh, <laughs> sports editor. I'll stick with sports reporter. Uh, that's fine with, with me. I didn't know if you had, like, preps editor as a title or not, because you do the mo- – you're the bulk of the of the high school reporting. Obviously, a lot of people read George's Colts stuff uh, in our newspaper up here, that CNHI connection, you know, so. Right, right. Yeah, I, I focus most of my – Basically, all of my attention is on the high school sports. George helps uh, during these times of need. Uh, <laughs> we get into the postseason, and the Colts are done, and he'll be up there with us uh, on Saturday to, to to cover. Wow, we get George too, man! I'm jealous. That's going to yeah, be awesome. I, I didn't mean to break break uh, break news <laughs> and, and spoil any surprises that may be coming, but yeah, we'll, we'll be up there in force. Wow, it's like going to be, we need to get like all of our newspapers up there now just to like have a powwow or something, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, let's, uh, let's focus in while we brought you on here, Rob. Obviously, like we said at the start, you've covered Frankton uh, the last couple of years and you were there Saturday in their regional uh, finals against Winchester, which, which was the number two ranked team in the class going into the playoffs. And uh, Frankton was able to pull off an upset, I guess. Uh, how do they do it, and you know how are they back in this spot for the third time in five years? Uh, they they do it basically the way they've always done it. They they don't shy away from any challenge. They were they were kind of in control heading into the the second half. They had a, a lead at halftime, um, and Winchester is a very good team. Of course, they're they're they've become one of those programs that that is top notch year in and year out. They made a run. They took the lead. Uh, Franklin's offense kind of went south uh, for most of the third quarter, and Franklin did it with defense. Uh, they they uh, made a couple defensive plays, which led to some easy baskets, and it took about 20 seconds for them to go from down five to up three, and and the whole the whole tenor, the whole mood in the building changed. They were even just up three. You felt like they were in charge of that game. Winchester kind of, kind of came apart. I mean, I think they were shocked by what Frankton had done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Evans here too. I don't think he's spoken yet. We've been on the, like <laughs> three minutes. Evans and hello. So Evans um, going to ask some questions now too. Not just me here. So. Rob, you uh, you mentioned that they had to uh, go to their defense a little bit. Are they pretty well rounded, uh, offensive, offensively and defensively, or do they do one thing better than the other? Uh, they're pretty balanced. I, I think everything feeds off of what they do defensively. Uh, they're patient offense. Um, they shoot the three point shot very well, but they don't live and die by it. Um, they, uh, you know, they, they, they their defense. Uh, they, they. They convert turnovers into points, uh, which is what what happened there late against Winchester. And you know they they have a couple of kids who are really solid defensively that that they really count on to uh, to shut down the, the opponent's best player. And that's what happened. The Winchester uh, 
young lady and her name escapes me but she she averaged about 20 points a game and they held her to 11 mm-hmm. a couple other kids were shooting the ball pretty well and kept Winchester around but you know they they they, they can they can do that defensively and offensively very balanced um, you know they've got the uh, Lauren Bates is a senior she averages uh, currently her stats list her at 12 points a game it's higher than that now she's had a really good postseason run here um, but you know they've got about they got four other kids who can score in that you know six to 12 15 point range at any given day um, yeah offense defense they're they're very balanced they do both very well. Sounds like Fairfield. <laughs> so yeah. plays. I would say Fairfield's defense is probably a little bit better than their offense. Uh, but Fairfield's offense is also still pretty solid. Um, so we get you know Bree Garber obviously being a, uh, going to U Indy next year or two years play college basketball. So they they do have some talent on the offensive end, and they don't sure. live and they they shoot the three well, but they don't they know they don't live and die by it either. So. It sounds like we're gonna have that Spider-Man meme of them pointing at each other coming up yeah, here. Yeah, the- images it looks like. <laughs> yeah. just, just based on what I know, and uh, even you know this time of year, you know, we all live by the by what John Harrell has on his side. <laughs> yeah. You know, these two teams have never played, so right. You know, I, we kind of have to. But I, the computers have these two teams dead even. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, Frankton is a half a percentage point higher. It's just very negligible. So I expect a very even game. Uh, uh, I think Frank probably has a, an advantage in, the, in terms of experience. They've got kids who have been here and done that. Uh, they're not going to be intimidated by the fact that Fairfield's ranked number four. Uh, they're number four in the state, or that they've only had, they've only lost three games. They're not going to be intimidated by that. They they mm-hmm. just beat Winchester. They they have a history of knocking off uh, teams that are regarded as superior or higher ranked uh, in the tournament. So they're not going to be intimidated by that. Fairfield may very well be the better team and beat them, but it's not going to be because Frank did shy away. Right. Yeah, I was going to kind of ask you about that, the experience. You know, Frank didn't, you know, sure. well, we kind of, I think the first time I might have met you in person was two years ago at State when Frankton was there playing Linton Stockton. And thank God Linton Stockton is no longer in 2A. Let's just say that. Wow. Um, yeah, that, they, was a, that was a rough day. That yeah. Was, that was the one time I remember seeing a Frankton team really manhandled yeah. in the postseason. And, uh, when you really look at that Linton Stockton team, we probably should have seen that coming. They yeah. were, yeah, that's a, that was a dynamic team. Linton, Linton won two straight state titles in two-way. I think they beat Frankton, what, 70-23, to 70-22, and then they won last year like 67-33. to 33. So they only they only won by thirty five last year. So that's pretty nice of them to you know go easy. So yeah, it was well the class kind of you know closed the gap on them a little bit. There. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, absurd to watch them. I remember driving down, seeing those score updates from the Franklin game, being like, "Huh, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yikes." Yeah. Um, I felt bad for you. I was like, "Dang, Rob, how do you how do you write that one?" You know, uh, <laughs> well, it, it made it a little easier in the fact that we knew the game was over by yeah. the, end of the first quarter. I mean, it, it was just. We knew that you could. It was obvious that that was a mismatch. Yeah. But anyway, uh, obviously they've yeah. they've been at the the state's biggest stage. Those so, those sophomores on that team are seniors now this year. Do you think that will play a like? How much do you think that does play a factor? Them having been on a run like that, and then obviously they went to a sectional championship game too last year. Not as deep, but you know played in a sectional and and now you know how much will that help them? I guess. Yeah, they, they, this this group, uh, you know, they came in on the heels of that first semi-state run back in 2018, which that was a team that beat an undefeated Monroe Central and sectional. They beat Oak Hill, who was ranked number one in the state and regional in order to get to semi-state. So they kind of watched that team and inherited that legacy. 
kind of had a bumpy freshman year because they were young. I mean, it, that was a young team. And now, you know, they get that sophomore year, they make that run to semi-state. Um, and, you know, there's three seniors in particular. I mentioned Bates, but also a really solid backcourt. Tatum of Cat Gatter back at Bailey Webb. Um, you know, they do a lot of things very well. They were a big part of that team as well. And I think that experience pays off. It's, it's a huge factor. I think it showed Saturday. I mean, they they were they were down. They don't they didn't want this this story to end here. You know, they they wanted to keep going. And you, you could tell that they were not phased by being down to the number two team in the state, who everybody figured was going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that going into the tournament, a lot of people probably picked Winchester to win the whole thing. Uh, just because of their their history, but you know they they didn't shy away. I mean, I think that experience they they were unfazed, they were not bothered, they just knew what they had to do and did it. Rob, we've mentioned you know some of what uh, Frankton does well. I'm just curious, does Frankton have any glaring weaknesses at all from what you've seen? Uh, I, I think the the one thing that I guess you, you could consider maybe a weakness is they don't have a lot of size. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the one sophomore, Emma Sperry, she scores about 10, 10, 11 points a game. Great athlete. She's about six feet tall, but she's, she's a guard. I mean, they're, they're all guards. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't really have that, that post muscle, but it really hasn't bothered them so far. I mean, they've been outsized by pretty much everybody that they've, they've played in this tournament with the possible exception of Alexandria in the sectional. Um, you know, they, they, that, that's one area that, could be a problem if they run into a team that has a really, really good post game, a dominant post game. But, um, but yeah, they, they, they shoot the three really, really well. They shoot free throws well in big situations. Uh, that was a big deal at both regional games. They, they shot free throws well down the stretch. So um, to pick out one glaring weakness, you know, they, they take care of the ball well. It's, it's hard to find one. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe depth. They play about seven kids, so if they get into any extensive foul trouble, uh, that could be an issue, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, in terms of gameplay, yeah, it, 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 there's not a lot, of, it, a lot of yep. not a lot of weaknesses. You honestly are reading off Fairfield's whole description of their team too, Rob. It's uncanny. Like it really is. Like Bree Garber is six foot one. She's she's not really a post player though. She's more of a guard, a forward. You know, not a true post. And they only go six deep right now. Um, yep. Seven maybe. You know, uh, so. Again, I, I joked about the Spider-Man meme, but like we're really—it feels like we're living it right now, like talking about this. Um, so it'll be the semi-state shirts. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, man. You know, let's get something in the works. We can make something by Friday. We'll wear them. We'll wear them. To, we we'll, we'll wear them on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you think will be the key for Franklin to, to win on Saturday? One, one thing I noticed with Franken is if, if they shoot the ball well, they are nearly impossible to beat because you're not going to run out. You're, they're, they, they defend so well. So I think if they come out, they, sh- they find some offensive success early. It could be a long day for Fairfield. And, again, I'm not, I don't know much about Fairfield uh, other than <laughs> apparently these two teams look very much alike. Yes, I, yes. Just a, pat- a pattern for this Franken team is if they come out and shoot well early, uh, they're in pretty good shape. Um so that that I think that's that's going to be a key. Uh, as a team, they shoot the three pretty well, um, and, and they've got a lot of kids that can do it. So I, I think that that's that's going to be a, be a key key factor for them. Mm-hmm. All right, Rob. Hey, uh, anything else? Any any Fairfield insight you want us to share with you? I mean, we asked you a lot about Frankton, but 
Uh, pretty much everything that you said about Franken, just use it for Fairfield and change out the names, and you're good. So, you know, uh, Bailey yeah, Willard hits the I'm three, and the Gar- I'm interested in the Garber uh, player. She, uh, you said she's about six foot, but six one plays gar- plays more of a guard skill set. Yeah, she's uh, she's become kind of the primary ball handler. I would she say she posts up as well, though. Yeah, she can score from everywhere. She scored 35 yeah. points over the two games in the regional, so. Very even, even keeled as far as scoring from her. Mm-hmm. She's a great defender yeah, as well. I, I, I imagine Bates is probably about the same way. I think she scored uh, 24 in the morning game, scored 20 in the championship game. Uh, they're at regional. Um, just kind of, they're, they're, it's a program that doesn't really lend itself to somebody averaging 20 points per game over the course of a season. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, chips are down. It sounds like we've got a pretty good head to head between those two kids for sure. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, you know, it's, I think like, we've kind of just established like, it's going to be a pretty even matchup. You know, it's going to come down to who makes more shots. I know that's cliche to sound. Of course, whoever scores more points will win the game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Garber has stepped up. The injury to Brooke Sanchez uh, as a senior, it felt like that was maybe maybe that hinders Fairfield in the long run. Their sectional was pretty winnable without him, without her. And then they, you know, I think they pulled an upset. Of, they didn't technically pull an upset, but Andrean beat South Central Union Mills, who was number one. That helped, right. that helped Fairfield a little bit, kind of cleared the path a little bit for them. But they're still a very good team. They're only, they're three, only three losses, two of them are to 4A teams. And, right. and then one to East, or one's to Garrett, who's playing for the semi-state over at LaPorte, too. A 4A team in Fort Wayne Snyder, and then Eastside, who they avenged in the tournament. So... Um, beat them twice, right? I yeah, BD yeah. side two, three, two out of three times. Yeah, so and the mirror image thing. Franklin's uh, five losses, uh, I believe, three were to four A schools. Two of them to Pendleton Heights, right here in yeah. Madison County. Uh, the one lost to, to Pendleton Heights in the county in our Madison County tournament was on a buzzer beater shot. I mean, otherwise, mm-hmm. Franklin may very well have been our Madison County champion. Yep. They also lost to Fishers, uh, one of the st- one of the state powers. So. Yeah, the, 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 the comparisons uh, they don't they don't seem to stop. <laughs> yeah, and they and they uh, they both they both they both start with the letter F. So you know what I mean? Like, let's keep it going here, right? I also have to catch myself. I want to keep on saying Frankfurt, but I know it's not Frankfurt. It's Frank Din. Oh, no. And I want because I I part of me part of me really wanted to be Frankfurt because I wanted to cover the hot dogs, man. But they not it's not happening. So it's Frankton, Frankton. Yeah, they're very sensitive about that. A couple years ago, <laughs> last year in the in the tournament draw, they had Frankfurt on the on the TV, and yeah, that was that was a point. They're very sensitive about that. Yeah. Hey, Robbie, we appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. It's, it's been fun to talk to you. We're looking forward to uh, seeing you and George on Saturday. Uh, maybe we'll go out afterwards and, uh, you know, enjoy Laporte. It's a nice little town. So, hey, um, I look forward to it. If you, if you know any of the good eateries, maybe after yeah. we all file our stories, we can go out and grab a bite. And, uh, it should be a fun day. I think it, just looking at these two teams, uh, uh, I, I'm assuming Fairfield travels well. I, I would expect half that gym to be frank and they, they, that school travels so well it should be a very exciting fun loud day and and we get a great 3a game right after it too in south bend washington and garrett so that's going to be worth sure. the price of admission too 
So I'm going to be like writing, writing words, looking up, writing words, looking up, you know, at that game. It's going to be, it's going to be a barn burner. Washington has like three division one players on the roster. So they're, they're legit. It's going to be fun to watch. So Rob, thank you again for coming on. We'll see you Saturday. Yeah. Appreciate it, Rob. All right. This has been another uh, star studded edition of the Ghost News Sports Podcast. I want to thank Rob Hunt for joining us again, as always. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, maybe we'll talk to Rob again for a Frankton State preview. Uh, probably not. Uh, but if Fairfield wins, and if, and if Fairfield wins, we won't have to talk to Rob. So that's, that's a sad thing. But also, Fairfield winning would be happy. So, you know, for us. Anyway, I'm going to the end here. Evan's shaking his head. So we're going to wrap this up. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back uh, next week. <laughs>